lots and lots of spoilers. Good afternoon, Mr. Phelps. The men you see in your folder are Meglo Max Levine, a known criminal whose record stretches longer than a country mile. Generally into numbers games and confidence schemes, he's taken his activities a step too far and is now trying to take over a fictional South American government. At his side is Mongrel Mike Luce, a hitman with hash marks that go all the way to the floor, across the living room, and into the trash can. We have reason to believe that they're entirely made up as this mongrel can't even spell the word gun. Your mission, Jim, should you decide to accept it, is to watch 1996's Mission Impossible, starring Tom Cruise, and decide if it stacks up to the original TV show, or if it's just another piece of action fluff with Cruise hanging from the ceiling. When you find out, let us know, won't you? This podcast will self-destruct in about an hour. Good luck, Jim. Oh, and, uh, Spanus. Yes, we are in the middle of <laughs> I Made from TV Love You, a series about old, dusty TV shows made into big, dusty new movies. And this certainly is one of them. Before we dive any deeper, let's get to last week's poll. Well, no, no. Before we get any further, let's talk to Max. Max, what have you got to say for yourself? Dun, 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 and so on. Well, glad we paused mm. for that. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to last week's poll question, which... Did is, I mention I'm hanging from the ceiling in an elaborate harness that uh, rotates me 90 degrees randomly? Sure gets me hot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get to last <laughs> week's why, poll that's question. That's why I do it. <laughs> which, as you might recall, went something like this. What usual, I'm sorry, what unusual or fantastic movie setting would you want to visit? There were things to be said... And you said them. Val, the person who suggested this poll question and who earned sextuple bumpy bucks for doing so, answered, quote, There are <laughs> six. Sextuple. <laughs> quote, There are so many worlds I'd love to visit. One of the planets of Star Wars is an obvious choice, and what prompted this suggestion? Disney did an amazing job at the theme parks. I could spend all day wandering through that area. <laughs> area. I was watching <laughs> Metropolis last night and thought that would be an amazing place to see up close, walk among all those Art Deco buildings. The world of Blade Runner. Even Oz would be a fascinating destination to see just the day-to-day -day workings of the city. Might also be fun to see the world we know, but as if things like superheroes existed. Walk down a New York street and have Spider-Man swing overhead just as if he's another subway. Another subway? Uh, or see uh -huh. Batman drive by, or maybe a couple of Ninja Turtles and make the rounds. End quote. Ninja Turtles. Don't think I'm sure. ready for that. <laughs> yeah. But thanks, Val. Sewer-dwelling reptiles. Yeah. Next is Vince, that kooky coin collector from Canada. He said, quote, I would love to visit the plateau on The Lost World since I love dinosaurs, or the town in Disney's Pinocchio, though maybe I did as it was supposedly inspired by Prague, which is one of my favorite places. I have always wondered what the world looked like on the ground in Kubrick's 2001. If space looked like, like that amazing, surely everyday life on Earth did too, end quote. That's actually really interesting. He's thinking well outside the movie's box. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Vince. Yeah. Geneva Brunetti gives us, quote, I mean, Hogwarts is an easy answer, but pretty genuine. <laughs> Even going to the parks and immersive experiences at Universal were completely amazing. Imagine if there was real magic and Hogwarts quality food. I can totally see that, Geneva. Um, Hogwarts quality food tends to move, doesn't it? <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> frogs. tends to and, talk, too. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. But anyway, thank you, Geneva. Dave offered, 
Quote, I would like to go visit Odin at his court in Valhalla as depicted in the Avengers movies, but only if they would treat me as an honored guest as their hospitality should be awesome, end quote. At the very least, there would be mead. Lots and lots of oh, mead. Oh, yeah. Lots of mead. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Jamie Kleinert said, quote, Narnia, also Dr. Strange's 24-hour astral reading room, end quote. Spoken like a true reader. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. The Weasel did not, strangely, bring up the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, Aww. crap. I just did. He, uh, he wa didn't want to <laughs> hang out on Kashyyyk? Yeah, whatever. No, instead he posted, quote, the Ninja Turtle sewer lair. Easy, quote, end quote. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> Cowabunga, indeed. Yes. Richard Tatum's answer was, quote, the spirit world of Spirited Away, end quote. Ooh, another animated answer. Cool beans. So uh, how about you, Max? Where would you like to go traipsing about? Honestly, I'd like to ha if if the the laws applied to me, I'd like to hang out in the Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny world. <laughs> um, I think you'd die. <laughs> no, that's the thing. If the cartoon laws applied to me, oh. like I couldn't be hurt, or if I did, I would just snap back. Yeah. Honestly, though, I would like to. I'd like to visit the world of Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. where humans and tunes can interact. I think that'd be just fascinating. There were so many things they didn't cover. Well, of course, and they have that border, so you can be in real world and then drive yep. through that one tunnel in L.A. that they always shoot movies in. Blade Runner, this thing, all sorts of other things. I think Black, Back to the Future Two or Three or whatever. Do, and they, is that the Mulholland Tunnel? Or? No, I forget what it is. But uh, it's it was also in a movie called uh, Bad Moon Rising with Tommy Lee Jones. It's been in everything. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. But yeah, on the other side, it's cartoon land. And yeah. as we saw with, uh, what's his name in uh, Roger Rabbit, uh, all those rules apply. So yeah, cool. Good choice. Uh, I would what about you? I would choose Star Trek. Star Trek is, uh -huh. my, is my childhood yeah, favorite I show. And I would go it up to them and I would just go, you can't keep using the transporter. It's murder. No. <laughs> um, yes. And then you would be uh, locked up in a... Uh... But they don't have, uh, they don't call them mental hospitals. Penal or anything, colony. Sure. No, no, it wouldn't even be a penal colony because you're it. just, you're just crazy. So they would, it'd be a, whatever the 24th century version of a sanatorium would be. Lord Garth! That's it. Yeah, you'd be hanging out with Lord Garth and, ooh, you'd also be hanging out with Yvonne Craig in green body makeup. That would not be such a bad thing. Yeah, but she blows up. But anyway. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I would like to uh, give my thanks to everyone that participated. Yes, As usual, cool. we love hearing about you. And as yep. always, you all get bumpy bucks, the cryptocurrency that, while utterly made up, did not crash this week. <clears throat> That's right. It has maintained exactly the same value since its inception. And I don't think any other cryptocurrency can make that claim. No. Trust bumpy bucks. It's stable. Get it? Yes. Wink. <laughs> in bumpy we trust for this week, we replacing we will be replacing mike next week with a small pile of dryer lint <laughs> I, I think a medium-sized pile uh this week we have a new question to tickle your uh tickler we'd like to know has product placement ever made you want to buy the thing shown in the movie or have you even done so let us know but not yet we have a show to do the show. Trivia. And Trivia. this is about Lots Mission Impossible. Remember, that's the film, because I know that was 10 yes. minutes ago. <laughs> Mission Impossible budget, $80 million. Boy, I wonder how much of that went to Tommy. Well, mm -hmm. he produced the film. He actually, uh, oh. 
And oh, apparently, okay. if I remember correctly, he actually, I didn't put this in trivia, but he waived his $20 million fee <laughs> wow. for, for points of it on the film. Let's see if that was a wise choice. Yeah. Yes. What do you think the uh, the take on this film oh, was? Oh, boy. 80 million. I, I'm going to go with uh, 400 million. You're close. $458 million. Wow. Craig, wow. That's a lot of million. Um, that's many, many millions. Uh, so that scene, you know, the one, the one we're all tired of seeing where Tom Cruise falls from the ceiling on a rope and barely keeps yeah, him touching yep. the floor. Seems he had to do that numerous times as he kept hitting his head outtakes. I'd <laughs> like to see until he balanced himself <laughs> by stuffing his shoes with coins. <laughs> Coins? That's okay. Coin, coin. (laughs) Zoinks! It's the cookie coin collector. (laughs) Uh, There are no gunfights in this movie, oddly enough. That's true. Not a one. Hmm. Supposedly, the original script had all the old members of the IMF coming back, only to be killed in the opening sequences, not entirely unlike Police Squad. (laughs) Although not humorously. Martin Landau, who originally played Rollin Hand in the TV show, saw the early script and really did not like it at all. He did not like the final film either, as he said it had become what the show was not, an action movie. The original show, he felt, was more of a mind game, where the IMF came in and left without anyone actually knowing they were there. Interesting. Greg Morris, who played Barney Collier... Yeah, he's also from the original cast, left halfway through the screening of this film, calling it, quote, an abomination, end quote. Oh, boy. <laughs> Apple Computer paid... 50- wait, wait, wait. What about Peter Graves? He was still alive. I'm getting to him. Oh, okay. I just put him out of order because I'm going to have to work up to doing it. Peter Graves. No. Apple Computer paid 15 million bucks to have their stuff featured in the movie as this was the point where they were um, not doing so well, if you can even imagine that. <laughs> Who has all the money? Apple does. Yeah. Emilio Estevez is uncredited in an opening role. He was brought in as the director thought it would be quite shocking to the audience to see his character die. I admit, usually you don't see a big name go, but he went. First first, uh, five minutes, yeah. Yeah. The oft-impersonated Peter Graves didn't want to reprise his role as he didn't like the way his character was used. Seems like most of the old cast Uh was not in favor of this film. I'm Peter Graves. <laughs> and I would like to point out that Peter Graves went to the University of Minnesota. Yes. Apparently he did. <laughs> no Academy Awards were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> <laughs> it was up for a Razzie for uh, Worst Action Film to make over $100 million. Boy, there is a category. <laughs> That's a very specific category. Yeah, apparently they hate action films. And really, <laughs> all sorts of other exciting bits too exciting for this show. <laughs> Before we move on, though, Max, do you know any other trivia you'd like to interject here? Just like to point out that clearly this thing was a hit, as there have been no fewer than six Mission Impossible movies so far, and there are two more coming out back to back in 2022 and 2023. And they're all great. Right. <clears throat> so there's this plot. Why do I? I mm. keep doing this. Why do I pick the convoluted ones? All right. Yeah, deep breath. Time to unconvolute. This will be a a very shortened version of the plot, but yeah. Spy stuff. It's the dreams of legends. Or uh, something. Somewhere, a Russian baddie is being bamboozled by none other than Jim Phelps and his troop of sneaky bastards, the IMF, or Impossible Mission Force. With Ethan Hunt in heavy makeup, played by Tom Cruise, the evildoer is soon sobbing and giving out the information they need. 
With a quick flourish, the victim is out cold, the set is moved aside, and the IMF makes their escape, leaving the flunky holding the bag. What the team got out of it was the name of another bad guy who's after the knock list, which is a document that has CIA deep cover code names as well as their agents' corresponding real names. Should this list make it out into the open, it would mean death for the CIA undercover guys all over the world. So another IMF sting operation is planned to catch the next bad guy in the act and blow the whole operation sky high. Or something. Suddenly, the IMF team starts dropping like flies. Though they try to abort, the only one left standing is Ethan, who must now try to prove that he wasn't the one who killed his entire team. Oh, and it turns out that the whole operation itself was a scam. The CIA knew there was a mole selling information, and they think it was Ethan from the start. Ethan gets away and starts to slowly turn the tables, enlisting the real mastermind behind the theft of the knock list to try and clear his name and catch the real mole and killer of his team. Lots of things happened related or pertaining to action. The film may contain action-like elements. Does Ethan succeed? Will Tom Cruise save the world and stand head and shoulders above lesser men? <laughs> will oh, there be six mean. sequels over a period of 25 years? Only time will tell. The lowdown. Okay, that's just mean. <laughs> we all know Tom Cruise is not very tall. Where's Mr. Cruise's box? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's fine because this is this is nothing new. There have been plenty of leading men that themselves were not tall. I just, I mean, I'll admit it. <laughs> um, so uh, the question I usually start this off with with older films. Max, did you see this when it came out? I did. Cool. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, I re I remember explosions. I'm not. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, it was a big deal, especially yeah. a bunch of. It was a big deal when it came out. I'm pretty sure I did see it. I want to say too that the style of action and the the, although to be fair, things have gotten so much more actiony since then. But the yeah. the, the level and depth of action in this film, the stunts and stuff, I think kind of helped set a precedent for that kind of thing afterwards. When I went to do watch this film, I was like, wait, this was 25 years ago, mm. <laughs> but it was. One of the things I noticed, that, uh, well, I'm sure talk about this because it's one of the most iconic scenes, the whole break-in at the Langley mainframe, yeah. which we are, which I'm not even going to, don't, yeah, I can't even talk about a bunch of the stuff that just doesn't make any friggin' sense. Yeah. It really reminded me of the later movie, the Charlie's Angels movie we talked about last week, the sequence where they're breaking into a vault, which is almost beat for beat the same scene. Yeah. And uh, I guess you could argue it's a tribute. I could argue it's a friggin' ripoff. <laughs> well, I mean, how many times in various movies, and I think there was even like more than one kids animated film where the stupid scene of him falling and spreading his arms and legs out was parodied. Or the whole harness scene that, uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's a name for it. I don't know what it is, flying buttress or something. Uh, <laughs> will, will you say the words harness and buttress in a sentence again, please? Uh, I will not. <laughs> uh, but I will on our OnlyFans page. Um, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's right there with you can you can buy your way in with bumpy bucks when yeah, they exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I mean hell, they did that in I think Shrek 2, they had a parody of that. They do that in everything, the whole yeah. falling out of the ceiling <laughs> on basically marionette strings. And I am mean, but I would just love to see the outtakes where he just smacks his head over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like 
All right, I'm in. Bonk, ow. Okay, now I, uh, ow. Bonk, ow. Bonk, ow. And would you want to be the EAD on that set that had to call out, more rolls of quarters for Mr. Crow's <laughs> shoes? <laughs> Quarter yeah, fetcher. Quarter yeah. fetcher. That's my whole freaking tagline in this movie. Quarter <laughs> fetcher, whatever, girl. Yeah, yeah. Some poor grip or best boy had with tasked with shoving quarters into Tom Cruise's socks. <laughs> Thank you, best boy. You're humble and lovable. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. <laughs> yeah. So the speaking of uh Actually, we weren't speaking of this, but whatever. In the trivia, we yeah. talked about how at least three members of the original cast, um, shall we say, didn't like this film even <laughs> yeah. before it was made. The opening yeah. of the show is kind of the only part that really fits the original show. Yeah. And I hadn't, I'd seen Mission Impossible growing up. It was on, my mother loved the show. Um, looking back now, of course, it's fun to watch old episodes and go, well, there's the back lot up. There's the other back lot uh, up. We're back in the back lot again. And, oh, Hey, are they using magic marker and duct tape? Oh, dear God, <laughs> they are. Um, yeah. And yeah. Course, they weren't exactly overwhelmed with budget. No. And this was like the big show Desilu was making at the end of the run of Star Trek. So this was Desilu's big show at the time. And you would see actors that would guest star from one. It was like, literally, it's like, take off your Starfleet uniform. You're going to be a Mission Impossible tomorrow. And some of these same guys would be showing up back and forth. So all these these character actors were there. Um, hey, they had some impressive uh, guest stars. The episode I watched episode last night, uh, and it had Henry Gibson and Ed Asner in it. Yeah. Um, the old TV show, I'd, I had forgotten about this, but I, Martin Landau was right. The whole point, and this doesn't seem to ever happen in any other spy franchise ever. No. But the whole point of the mission, the IMF was to get in, do something, fix it. Like, some, you know, usually a third world. Uh, oh, let's let's face it. Let's get there right now. They go to Kreplakistan. And yes. <laughs> or or Durka Durka Durkistan. Yeah. yeah. And they have to, like, you know, get some evil bad government guy out of the way but the whole point is that people never realize that they were ever there in the first place yeah there's no sh there are no gunfights there's no fist fights yeah i mean maybe or if there is it means something's gone wrong it's all about planning and uh deception and also there's a lot they keep from the audience right they don't tell us what what they're doing or what what's happening we sort of have to watch it unfold along with, in effect, the targets. It was, a, it was, I think, a kind of unique sort of show. It, it's sort of like, it's one of the reasons my, one of my favorite cop shows of all time was Columbo. Mm. Because Columbo not only doesn't carry, doesn't use a gun, I don't think he carries one, and he no. doesn't like them, he and he well, never... I'm sorry, I just want to jump in. He not only doesn't carry one, but there's a point where he has to pass his shooting test, and he actually gets somebody else to do it for him because he says, I can't right. hit the target. <laughs> <laughs> and he never he never punches anyone. He never runs after or chases them in his car. This is, it, it's all about, it's all mind games. It's all he outthinks them. And that's what Mission Impossible was all about. It was out-clevering the enemy agents. By the way, they never say Russia... No. Or the Soviet Union, it's always the enemy or enemy country or the enemy agents. Or, as Mike says, it's some made-up place like Kreplakistan or <laughs> or uh, uh, San Pseudonym. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love San Pseudonym. It's lovely in the summer. It, it's very. It's a very nice place. The food's great. Well, the one that I think we both watched the same one last night, mostly because you mentioned it to me. And the cool thing is at the end, the lead bad guy... They bas- they know he's really smart and he has a photographic memory. So they basically have to trick him into thinking he's figured out the plot against him. And what he ends up doing is going, haha, they think that I'm going to think this is the wrong information, but now I know it's the right information. <laughs> haha, I'm so smart. No, it isn't. It's the wrong information. They basically double blinded the guy and they have no, yeah. he has no clue who these people Nothing. are. So he even says, I wish I knew who had masterminded this, but this will destroy him because he has lost. And it's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. And then we cut back to Peter Graves and it's like, oh yeah, he's the master. Yeah, sure. Okay. That, yeah. Peter Graves, let's face it. He's not exactly the master of, of uh, facial expression. I think he has a half. And he can't out wrestle a giant space cucumber, but whatever. Um, (laughs) So that's the old show. This one, obviously, Tom Cruise wanted to make an action film, and he wanted to make himself an action star, and by golly, he did. <laughs> he really did. This is very, very action Now, they try. They have the disguises, and they have the whole, ah, uh, you think that I know that you know that I know, but I know that you know I know that you know. You Except- know? <laughs> There's a couple of times when that's happening, and I swear Tom Cruise is just sitting there like, huh? <laughs> I don't know. He's always got that smile, like, That's, but it's the smile that says, <laughs> I have no idea where I am right now. <laughs> that little uh, Guido the Killer pimp smirk, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and to be fair, I, I rag on Mr. Cruz. I mean, politics and whatever aside, he generally does fairly well in this. And he does most of his own stunts, um, partly in some cases because they literally couldn't get anybody to do some of them. are like, okay, dump six get million gallons of water on him. Let's just hope he doesn't get a catch a cold or something. Um, yeah. And he's, oh, what, he's probably, what, 30 in this, maybe? maybe late 20s maybe. or like 30 when this was yeah. made. And he looks like he doesn't know how to shave because he doesn't have to. Um, and he's very action-y and he's fairly charismatic and... They went to Prague, which had only recently opened up from being a communist country, and so Prague had not been in a lot of movies, so it looks very I think exotic. this was might have been the first movie after Prague's, uh, uh, whatever you want to call Open, it, Grand reopening. Opening up. <laughs> grand reopening, yeah. They cut the ribbon and had the wavy-armed, inflatable guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, Prague looks great. I, I you know, I've, I've yeah. wanted to go to Prague. I've heard nothing but great things about going there. Um, you know, when we do the IMF, the problem, of course, is that... By all this jumping about and blowing things up, it's <laughs> the only thing that's missing is all of the crowd members pointing at him and going, hey, who's that guy? Because it's not like he actually sneaks around all that much. He doesn't do a lot that's covert. There's a couple of disguise moments. Yeah. And that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to give him this. I got to give the movie this. Uh, there are two guys who are major hackers, who are supposed to be major hackers in this. You got Emilio Estevez and Ving Rames. And Ving Rhames is always cool to yes. watch. And neither of them <laughs> ever says, I'm in. <laughs> and I respect that. I do have to wonder, though, um, who installed the giant spikes in the ceiling of the elevator shaft? Why That's is that a, a very thing? weird feature, <laughs> the, the murder spikes at the top of the elevator. In case of, of rapid rising, we installed these spikes to pierce the top of the elevator car, because... Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
I um, don't know. Yeah, no, I like Ving Rhames in here. He will, of course, return as Luther. Um, Many times. Which is cool. Cause I, you know, there's a couple of people who popped up in here and I was like, oh, cool. And one of them was Ving Rhames and the other is uh, Jean Renault, who I will watch oh, yeah. just about anything. It's Jean only Renault too bad. That, awesome. Yeah. The only too bad part is, spoiler, he's pretty much a bad guy. Yeah. Um, but I, you, you can't get, I mean, he is so, uh, <sighs> we are born in the grave. <sighs> You absolutely <laughs> believe he would kill somebody. Yes. Well, and if you have not seen The Professional or Leon The oh, Professional, boy. which is um, Jean Renault and a very young Natalie Portman. Yeah, and, and a very crazy Gary Oldman. One of our favorites is a great film, and you just believe he is like the coolest of cool French. Um, yeah. Jean Renault is just great. We, we need more Jean Renault in our lives. Um, we do. So I was great, very glad to see those guys, and they made interesting members of the force. Um, the makeup, one of the things that they used to do in the old TV show a lot, with <laughs> mostly with uh, uh, Roland Hand slash Martin Landau, and I think Leonard Nimoy took over the character that did all the makeup. Yeah, I, could be I wrong, think that's right. Is you didn't buy it back then, and quite honestly, you don't buy it now. The magic of rubber face or latex now face masks. I'm like, no, yeah. none of them are that good. I'm sorry, they were they're good at a distance. Right, that's what they're designed for. But yep. up close, come on. Well, and and there's two points where Cruz is pulling off a mask, and I want to say, and I don't know if this is true, but I want to say that they actually used CG in the pulling off of the mask because the face up until it's actually coming off, is very much whoever he's supposed to be. So if it's supposed yeah. to be um, where he plays John Voight, he's pretending to be uh, Mr. Phelps. Spoiler. Uh, yeah. It is John Voight sitting there, and then when he does the mask thing, I think there's CG, Higgory, Pokery, Huskerdu, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you can see that the mask itself looks like it's made out of Play-Doh. It's like really thick, and it's yeah. like you can't add like a whole layer of head and not make it look like, why are you wearing somebody's head? I mean, it, it just well, wouldn't work. Also, Tom Cruise and uh, uh, John Voight are built very differently, and it's very clear when he takes off the coat that he is, in fact, wearing uh -oh. the Bruno Kirby Memorial fat suit underneath. <laughs> is that a nice thing to say about Mr. Voight? I'm sure that with proper exercise, he has a perfectly reasonable build for a man of his age. Mr. John Voight is not fat. He is big. Yeah. He is just large he, you know, well, big shoulders he's built on and and tom cruise is not tom <laughs> cruise is not a large gentleman he's very nicely built i mean I, mr cruise keeps himself in good yes. shape so we'll do that yeah, i also i gotta say you know uh, a lot of some of the other performers in this emmanuel berndt who plays um claire uh jim phelps's wife oh, yeah i know she is yeah, yeah. Just waiting for i you. think she does a nice job and okay part of this just she is so freaking beautiful her upper lip oh is weird. <laughs> uh, her lips are gorgeous. Uh, and that voice, oh my God. I thought she was fine. Um, the reason I don't have any higher There's, opinion is they don't let her do anything. She doesn't have a lot to do. The one I loved, and I was like, the first time I saw this, I was like, who is that? Who's that playing? Well, first of all, by the way, the name of the big bad that they're going to sell the knock list to, perfect. Max. You perfect, the most <laughs> menacing, intimidating, imposing name known yeah. to man. And that's Vanessa friggin' Redgrave. And she's Oscar wonderful. winner, Shakespearean actress, I think Dame at this point, I'm not sure. Vanessa friggin' Redgrave. And she is just having so much fun with that part. <laughs> just 
I think she's the best casting in the film, quite honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. we're obviously supposed to think that Max, the weapons dealer, is a guy. And then when we meet her, it's like, oh, no, it's much better than that. And yeah. she's just so classy. And the time and when she's so sitting there, she's in like, charge. Well, and when she's sitting there, like, stroking, he's like, oh, dear boy. And it's like, oh, my <laughs> God. Look at her cougaring <laughs> about. But it's not gross. It's no, just it's this, both adorable and terrifying. Yeah. And he's because doing that little smirk, like, and it's like, yeah, it's not working. I don't buy it. She has you. <laughs> she was a great villain. She was. Even the byplay between them, there's this sort of, they're both being really cautious, but they're both kind of enjoying it. They're yeah. both kind of having fun. It's like that. I wish I had seen more of that, because the the interactions between Ethan Hunt and Max is the best part of the movie, I yeah, think. I would think so. Um, the first thing we see from makeup is, uh, well, we see Tom Cruise play playing some anonymous thug, Russian bad guy, undercover, fudgy fortress, whatever thing. And it's fine. I don't really, he doesn't, we, we see it through a TV screen, which is quite honestly the best way to see it. He takes uh, it off yeah. and we see, oh, it's a mask. The next one, though, he's playing some senator. And I'm, it was, it was sort of like watching a movie in 4K, except that one character was shot in 720. He was a little smoothed yeah, over. Yeah, he was kind of blurry. He was weird looking. Yeah, and his voice, quite honestly, if you'd ever met Tom Cruise, you'd be like, well, Mr. Cruise, why are you wearing that old man wake up? <laughs> it's like, there wasn't, it wasn't much of a race. And I wasn't sure if we were supposed to know. Like when they first show, it's like, oh, we're going to use Waltzer. And they show Tom Cruise and the team watching some footage of this guy, Waltzer. And I'm like, oh, is he a real guy or not? Because the next scene, we see Tom Cruise's Waltzer. And it's like, that's convenient. Like there just happens yeah. to be a... Uh, um, senator that looks enough like you that you can put on some makeup and a tuxedo and you're him? I don't know. I did um, like him being interviewed by John McLaughlin. Yeah. Because all I'm thinking is, so you're, you, say this, you say this mission is impossible. Wrong! Catch your bond! <laughs> um, cannon! Patty Patty Pew Pew! <laughs> I meant to look this up, but one of the bad guys, a very tall, imposing man with long blonde hair, I believe... Yeah is Necros from one of the James Bond films. Oh, oh, God. That was the first of somebody's. It was a Timothy Dalton's. That's right. That was one of the first Timothy Dalton's. Living Daylights. Um, Necros okay. in that film was a very tall... I think he's, he, was a, he was originally a dancer. And thankfully, there was a scene, a very important scene to the plot, where he's <laughs> ah, yes, getting out that. of the pool in a Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> it was essential to the plot. Essential. Right? That is the mo the whole film rested on the fulcrum of that scene. Yep, yep. Um, but I believe that was Necros. I don't remember the actor's name, unfortunately. Yeah, Necros. I remember that. It's like, wow, why did you just call him Murder Von Killington? <laughs> Whatever you say, Murder Von Killing, dude. Um, yeah. There's some stylistic choices in this film. This is Brian De Palma, who's not yeah. usually known for big-budget action-y oh. films. He does much more art house and violent and that kind of film weird sexy thriller disturbing yeah. murdering women movies and in general his his directing is fine but he does a couple of things or at least one thing that i was like why are you doing this there's some first person camera work that i'm just like uh, you yeah. know they're talking that directly was, to the camera and i'm like why are you doing this that was unsettling because it didn't fit the rest of the movie I, no. I think he was just being a little experimental and that part i don't think worked i didn't for me either um, 
so in the you know beginning they're doing their little shtick they're they're breaking in they're getting their information and it's like oh now we have to go and get this stuff and then the the i am for or can't say i am force yes no i am force not imf force there we go right the i am force starts getting picked off um i didn't notice this but apparently there's seven giveaways in the opening title where they're doing little flashes of things apparently they give things away in that opening sequence i didn't pay attention and so i didn't didn't see um but they actually play it off pretty well and one of the things you see is, and apparently this is one of the things that Martin Landau et, et al. were not pl- pleased with, was that Jim Phelps, one of the long, actually, yeah, one of the longest, Not he was not the original leader of the IMF, but the uh, one of the longest running characters from the original movie gets killed off. Mm. And, you know, that's a, I thought that actually worked really well. I bought it. Did you when you first yeah. saw it? When I first saw it, I absolutely bought it. I was like, oh, wow, okay. I, I figured, oh, they just couldn't afford to have John Voight for the whole movie. So they, <laughs> kill, they killed him off. But yeah, no, has... I had no, and then, uh, yeah, but then he comes back. Yeah, he had to go off that to the Tomb Raider. Uh... That, is a, yeah, that is a sequence I thought was really interesting. There's a scene where he you know, re- meets up with Hunt, yeah. and they're sitting in a restaurant, and they're talking they're describing what happens, yep. and Phelps is putting the blame on this guy, Kittredge, who is set up to be a bad guy, even into the audience. He's like, oh, this is the annoying, bureaucratic, jerky, oh, of course, he's actually the traitor. And it, you see it flipping back and forth in the conversation, and in, in effect, a sequence that's supposed to be inside Hunt's head, where he is piecing together what happened, only he's realizing it was Phelps. Right. And the conversation has this really nice double-edged meaning to it where Phelps thinks they're talking about Kittredge and Hunt is going, it's you. But he's not saying it. He's just visualizing and he's figuring it out. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I liked it too. The only problem I had, and I listened to this movie with earphones last night or, headfo- or yeah. uh, AirPods, whatever, that Cruz mumbles enough of his lines that there's points in the in that dialogue that with them together where i can't tell if basically phelps is admitting that he did it or or somehow hunt knows that he did it and they're both agreeing that yeah you're telling me a story but i don't buy it and i got confused when i remember being confused when i first saw it and i was confused well i I know what is happening but i'm listening and i'm like i don't i literally tom i don't know what you just said and the way his ex- facial expressions look like he's starting to suspect, I mean, obviously, because he's thinking about it, Phelps. And it's like when Phelps gives the reason for why he thinks Kittredge is doing that, he's like, look, you know, all the good, cool stuff is done. And what have you got to show for it? But $60,000 a year, blah, blah, blah. And it's obvious that what Phelps is doing is he's saying his own motivations for having yeah. sold out. And it feels a little bit too much like he's admitting it and i got a little confused but otherwise the idea the sort of double switcherooey um super caramel yum yum uh <laughs> plot there i thought actually worked pretty well and that did feel like old mission impossible um so yeah i thought that worked pretty well but then we realized Tom or uh, Tom Hunt or uh, Ethan Cruz, mm. take your pick. <laughs> they realize after uh, he gets caught, he actually goes in to meet Kittredge, and Kittredge is you know sitting there like, yeah, here's your passports, we'll get you out and everything. And Ethan Hunt somehow is smart enough mm. to realize that he's being <laughs> set up again, and that all of the people around him are people that he's seen during the night, and they actually were another IMF group 
that were you know it was all a sting the whole thing was just basically mm-hmm. like we know there's a mole we're trying to catch the mole there is no you know real you're not part of a real thing those guys are just watching to see which one of you basically makes it out alive and we'll know we have our mole and that's when they blow up the poor aquariums and you know they're splashing and running away and now they have to go after the real All those poor fish mm-hmm. and let's talk about the um the plot to get into cia headquarters shall we <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so my CIA note, security sucks. <laughs> uh, well, my note was, is the CIA really that dumb? Because, well, they get Ving Rhames, smart. They get Jean Renault, mistake but understandable, because it's yeah, Jean Renault, yeah. and heck, I'd want him on my side. And I don't know that he's necessarily a bad guy. He's just willing to work for whoever's got the most money. Which, he's very mercenary, yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem is they get their whole idea is like they they tell you why they can't get into this vault because it's got all these things and you can't be in there you can't get past this that the other thing you'll never get in unless you go through the enormous small army ventilation system um, because yeah yeah <sighs> all right fine so you go through ventilation system this isn't the first movie to do that it won't be the last I will tell oh. you right now having seen ventilation systems that those uh, aluminum corridors <laughs> that you go through. <laughs> really aren't meant to hold up a person. <laughs> no, you would fall through almost immediately. So then you get to the uh, amazing laser net thing that you can um, get by with a couple mirrors, basically. Yeah, that was my big problem. That was a big problem. Yes, you could theoretically redirect. I mean, it's obviously not like lasers to cut you in half. They're no. just a detection system. Which you can you see. Could re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other problem. The visible lasers, ladies and gentlemen, from yeah. the brightly lit room below. Yeah. Yeah, you maybe you could redirect them with a series of mirrors. It would take either hours or a ma- or a computer rig to calculate the angles. There's no way you could just go, oh, I'll just put this here. Clunk. Yeah. Then of course we see them sweating because it's you know so tense and everything. Why is it so hot in an air conditioning vent? <laughs> I don't yeah. don't know. But also, okay, also, so yeah. they're, they they have all the team members are doing things, and they have besides. Um, uh, Jean Renault and Tom Cruise up in the air conditioning vent that's really hot for whatever reason. They've got the rest of the team coming in as firemen who literally walk in the building and say, we're here about the alarm. What alarm? We haven't had an alarm go off. And then, and then the alarm is like, goes click, off. click, click, click. Oh, the alarm went off. Good thing you're here, firemen we didn't call. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention, the, let's go. Okay, we're going to take three of you. We're going to send one security guard with you. Yeah. We're not. I'm no. I'm sorry. Unless people are immediate in immediate danger, they would have also insisted on getting identification or at least taking pictures of these firemen or something. And then you know, Emmanuel Baird just sort of starts wandering around the uh, building, uh, uh, dosing the the that poor civil servant who ends up getting sent off to Alaska. Yeah, and there's not one, not one keypad lock, one magnetic card swiper. Nothing. She oh, just walks into the commissary. Yeah, yeah. She just walks around. No. <laughs> Yeah, no security. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's a bit much. And then it's like, oh, no, an alarm goes off. We should evacuate everybody. This is the CIA? Really? <laughs> and you so... Don't, you don't want to confirm the existence of the fire. You don't want to check. You have your, <laughs> they have their own people who do this. Yeah. They have their own so. rapid response teams. So you end up with... A, a, a foe in this case because they're you know he's we're all rooting for Ethan Hunt, yeah. who's kind of bumbling, and it's like I hate it when they do that. It's like so and so is really capable until we need them to bumble because we literally can't outthink the people we have in our own film. 
Okay. And I, I get the idea. Oh, yeah, we, we need to get the knock list and stuff. Um, since the plan, as it turns out, is to never actually let them use the knock list, do they actually really need... Yeah, to... I was wondering. I mean, I guess they have to verify it. They have to... But they could have dummied up something. Well, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It just I was... also am curious. There's a whole plot point. John Renault is, is the one who's holding up Ethan just by pure muscle. And a rat crawls into the vent with him. Sure it does. When he... It happens. Rats get everywhere. And then suddenly there's the next shot. The rat's dead. Right. He stabbed it with it, his knife. Oh, oh okay. I yeah. missed that. Uh, I'm surprised at the part you didn't bring up. And uh, this is why you don't make tech a major part of your film. It doesn't hold up. Is when uh, Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, is trying to figure out who the actual bad guy was that killed his team and set them up and he finds out through a slip from Kittredge that it was something called job 13 which he figures out is the actually job a job 314 yeah was which is a yeah. biblical reference job 314 and so he goes oh dear to the internet <laughs> i was gonna bring this up and yes he types in the word job and there are no results not one yeah <laughs> now I had a website, me, personally, I had a website in 1996. I do yeah. not believe that the word job or job got no results on the entire internet, even in 1996. And did you see what he then used, what apparently they were using to communicate? They were using Usenet. <laughs> they were using Usenet groups and messaging. <laughs> Which really? Is, it's just so cute. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, now, I kind of get it. It was unregulated. Uh-huh. It's also massively insecure. Right. Well, I love the fact I, that one of the first places he goes to is Max.com, and there's nothing <laughs> there. Are you kidding? Uh, that was one of the... I Believe me, I tried to register that name. <laughs> that got snapped up in five minutes. Uh, I mean, th this sort of off-balances the point that Ving Rhames and Emilio Estevez never say, I'm in. Because this yeah. kind of is the, I look, I'm on the internet, and I'm looking things up, and there's nothing, I can't believe it, there's nothing under <laughs> Max.com. The word yeah, job, J-O-B, nope, no entries. He was, surprised he wasn't logging in through AOL. <laughs> I mean, good old Usenet, or, you know, spy.die.die.die, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, it was just, this is the problem, like, when everyone was come very up dated. with... Yeah, it's like, and of course, there is the shots, the close-up shots of the lovely, sleek, black uh, Apple notebook, which actually didn't exist at that point. <laughs> um, it was fake. Uh, but it was like, and it has become a thing where we watch the hacker or whomever just tapping at keys and then looking at the screen and the thing pops up, whatever it is, or there's a 3D, <sighs> you know, user interface um, or, you know, whatever. Just don't do that. Just... You know, no, it's really yeah. And some some of the like other Ving, tech was just bad. Um, like when Ving Rhames is talking about the machine he'd need, saying, "Yeah, with, I want the new 686 processor." <laughs> it's like, ooh, the second generation Pentium. Ooh, I and, an emulator and with, for that on my phone. <laughs> with with the what got me was with the AI risk coprocessor. It's like, you're. I think you're making that up, Grandpa. <laughs> Yeah, and we're all supposed to be super impressed. The one thing I will give his character, and he's like, 
and I get to keep it. It's like, <laughs> you go, if you're going to get like yep. the top level, not has not been released, is not overseen by the government tech, by all means, you should get to keep it. Oh, yeah. Now, Ving Reigns, I had no trouble with him no. or his character. Not no. at all. Luther's awesome. But the various tech, I mean, at least it wasn't a contact lens that somehow changes your retinal print and allows you to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whatever. So you just yeah. don't do that. Because um, you can do spy stuff that doesn't rely on the crux of whatever the tech either happens to be at this point or what you think it'll be. Cause if whatever it is, will age badly and what you think it'll be won't happen. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we got to talk about the sequence on the TGV too. Oh, shall we? <laughs> yes. That's, that's the bullet train. I have been on this thing. It's a yeah. maglev train. It is friggin' fast. Yeah. And it's, it's very cool, but some of the stuff that happens that's when we really get to the I call no way moments. Well, my thought was they actually should have titled this film Helicopter Explosion Tunnel. <laughs> and I think in German, yeah. that's actually how it translates. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, never mind that Tom Cruise and, and uh, uh, John Voight are climbing on the outside of this thing that is going somewhere on the order of 300 miles an hour. Sure. And not simply having their faces ripped off. Well, and to be and then fit, John Renault is manip- is maneuvering a helicopter <laughs> inside a tunnel. Yeah, especially, somebody just especially when the other train comes through, it's like, oh yeah, there's plenty of room for one train, a helicopter, and another train, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine who's got his pilot license described this to me once. I was saying, did you ever want to learn to fly a helicopter? And he said, no. Flying a helicopter is like balancing a steel barrel bearing on a plate of glass. Cool. Yeah. It's not it's incredibly hard all the time. There's no way he could have been dragged behind a train and not just gone bouncing off the damn walls. <laughs> yeah. And of course the and, end end part where the, the now chopped apart and sharpened helicopter blade just happens to rest right at Tom Cruise's throat. He almost died. It's so sad. Wait, 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 wait. Um, that didn't bother me as much as really? the fact that he's sitting on the helicopter strut. He sets off an explosive. The explosion <laughs> is powerful enough to throw him onto the 300 mile an hour train safely, and he, safely, and he doesn't <laughs> liquefy. <laughs> it's kind <sighs> of like once we got to that sequence in Helicopter yeah. Explosion Tunnel One, um, that. I was fine with the stunts and stuff. It was, you know, things were a little bit high end, but they were fine. And then they were just like, hope you like our show. Yeah, it kind of gets cartoonish. And it's unfortunate because the rest of the movie isn't. No, and I would, what I would have actually believed and been better off with is doing the stunt where outside the tunnel, where I still think it's like, really, this is your idea to get off the, the, the freaking maglev train is to have somebody show up with a helicopter and then rope yourself to it and fly off. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, sure. We're going to do that. His whole point, you know, this is a Mr. Phelps's point was to connect the rope coming from the helicopter to himself and then be taken off the train. Hunt comes up and attaches the cable on the helicopter to the train. At that mm. point, if the helicopter had crashed, I'd have been totally fine with it. Yeah, that would have made some I would have been okay with that too. Yeah. Or if they had just gone into the tunnel and he would hit the tunnel, which was much more likely. Right. Um apparently Mr. Cruz searched all over to get a fan that was high enough power to actually distort his face. Like he really wanted it to look that windy. Um and it was. So, you know, mm. 
he didn't shy away from any, and he still doesn't. He still does a lot of his nope, own stuff. He throws himself into this stuff 100%. He does. And, um, he, and he does get to run. He doesn't yes. like his running. <laughs> and I will say he does give the impression of being tough enough. I just don't know that he gives the impression of being smart enough. I didn't have a. I didn't really have that problem. I like the fu- the thing that he comes across that he really gets across is the I don't trust anybody. I know exactly what I'm. Do- I know what kind of a world I'm in. I know what a, a business I'm in, and I don't trust anyone because you couldn't. No. In a situation like that, and I think he does a really good job of that. And to be fair, I obviously we we will see more of these. <laughs> Oh, a yeah. lot more of them. And Very you could, likely. You could say that this is the junior officer coming of age, if you will. And so now he's, you know, oh, no, I'm quitting. Wink. And yeah. I don't think I've seen a bigger sequel beg. Like, yeah. this movie gets on its back feet and sits up and begs for a sequel. It honestly <laughs> does. Because he literally start, ends the film the way it was started, except, oh, oh. You mean you would like me to take the sacred mission tape from your your platter of lovely, delicious other tapes, and I just happen to see that there's a new mission I'm going to expect, an impossible mission, if you will? Did they really do that in the 90s on planes, even in first class? Did they have stewardesses walking around saying, would you like to watch a movie? I've got a tray of tapes here. I mean, in super ultra high class, probably. Okay, I, I don't even remember ever hearing. I never saw that in a movie before. That's the only time. Well, I think British Airways now actually has super high first class where you can request films that have not yet been made. Um, it's, it's kind of expensive. <laughs> I believe but, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I want to see a Mission Impossible 22. Mission Impossible goes to, to assisted living. Um, you know, we might as well throw this in. We haven't done this in a while. At least we get one good black central character. Thank you for that little bit of diversity. Ving Rhames is great. I'll watch him in just about anything, too. And I actually like, they said they specifically cast against type. They wanted a a hacker that didn't look like a little nerdy guy. And And he does not look like your traditional hacker. But he doesn't make me think, oh, it's just Ving Rhames pretend. I totally bought him as the hacker guy. He was fine. Yep, he did a great job. Um, The women in this film have literally, let's see, nothing to do, except for Max, who is awesome. Who is awesome. Yes, the women mostly show up, hello, I'm dead, yeah. or hello, I'm a traitor, and you have no idea why, just because I'm married to the traitor. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought he was her father. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> creepy, because John Voight has got to be about 30 years older than Emmanuel Bearton. This uh, and it's like, could they not have written a part? I guess apparently in the original script there was supposed to be, or maybe even they shot this part, there was supposed to be not only the suggestion but the actual evidence that Ethan was mm, hanging out with Claire, shall we say? Oh, uh, okay. But it's like, I I could even... So, Rene Russo was hired to do the updated version of Thomas Crown Affair, and she was amazing. She yeah. Was, she was, I think at that point she was either well into her 40s or close to 50. She looked amazing. She was a she did a great job. It was a great part and it was showed that hey, you know what? Older women meaning older than 25 Hollywood yeah. are yeah. we should see more of them in films. I would rather have seen a more age appropriate character be Jim's wife and be perfectly fine as one of these IMF people. Um the original show had Barbara Bain who 
She was supposed to be really beautiful. I always just thought she looked like someone's mom, but she was also probably well into her thirties. She wasn't unattractive. She just, she was supposed to be glamorous. And I just never found anything glamorous about her, but there was no reason not to have a character like this be his wife that we didn't have yeah. to have jail Beatrice or whatever her name was. <laughs> Claire Beatrice. But uh, we should get to our, uh, yeah, our questions. questions. Does this movie capture the feeling of its source material? A little. Not very much. I mean, as we said, the sort the original uh, show was more about out, out clevering and out planning and not about out blowing up mm. or, or such. However, it's true, there are no gunfights. There, there's very little actual violence. I mean, apart from blowing up and elevators killing people. <laughs> uh, I, I think to a degree. I think it does to a point, and then it just jumps off and goes into like Michael Bay territory. You mean the channel? It jumps off yeah, and goes the into the channel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean the gadgets are certainly from the original show. Although the original gadgets were obviously made out of like little bits lying around. I mean, they they yeah. really did not have a huge budget for the original show, but they also didn't... Occasionally they do... There's <laughs> I was watching last night, which involved a security camera in a bank vault, and they, one of the gadgets was a little thing that would cause the picture to what used, they used to call rolling. It would ro The picture would roll, so it looked like things were not being... The, the, the camera was suddenly not working properly, and it was literally so, <laughs> so Barbara Bain could have a photo of the inside of the vault go up into place and she could just hang the photo, which somehow is exactly <laughs> at the same angle and uh, size and nobody would notice anything. And it's like, I see what you're trying to do, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they have the gadgets and there is some of the, I mean, the opening of the film feels like the old show and there is obviously some out clevering here and there, but it really is more about exploding and stuff. Um, so yeah, and I'll go with Max. Yes and no. Does this movie respect its source material? Uh, I think so. I mean, I counted, by the way. We get that theme song no fewer than four separate times in this movie. But it is cool. It is cool. I mean, let's face it. Most people, for most people, the theme song is what people remember about the TV show. That's what lasted. Right. If most people don't know Peter Graves was on it. Most people don't know who the actors were or even what it was about. But everyone knows. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to uh. say no is they took the central character and made him a bad guy. Mm. And they they don't really stick with the idea of the show was, was you're spies. You're not supposed to be seen. People aren't supposed to know who you are in this film. Admittedly, the only people that we're actually looking at at any given point in time are spies. There's literally no other people who in this film are not spies. They're all CIA <laughs> agents or IMF yeah. people or ex IMF people or whatever disavowed. So everybody knows who everybody is. And there's no attempt to hide their blowings up and other stuff from other people really all that much. Um, so that whole mind game that Martin Landau was talking about, they're not re they're sort of trying to do it, but it's really just sort of sneaking in. It's not even the, let's convince these people we are totally the people who are supposed to be here and making them change their minds about what they're doing or getting their ill-gotten, you know, Nazi gains away or whatever. So... I think they wanted to do it, and then they just sort of forgot about it being Mission Impossible. This is much more about being reactive. You see these people 
I mean, Hunt is basically reacting to the situation, whereas the show was about knowing the situation and planning and working things out ahead of time. And being so, clever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Does this movie take it? Oh God! Does this movie yeah. take advantage of the fact that it's a movie and not an episode? Yes. Uh, yes, that's yeah. That's Eighty really million. All you yes. See. Yes. Very big. Boom, boom. Train goes. Zoom. Boom. Twenty-five yes. years. Blah blah blah. Yes. Uh, as for that, I'm out of my notes. Pretty much. Uh, how about you, Max? Uh, I would. I do think it was a nice touch that uh, one of the things that tips off uh, Hunt about Phelps is the Bible. That it was that Phelps stole a Bible from the uh, the Drake Hotel, and I'm thinking he stole a. I keep thinking of the line from Jewel Jewel of the Nile, the man who shot my father, stabbed my my brother, raped my mother, and stole my Bible. <laughs> like Which, you monster Bible seller stealer. I was just like, why would he keep it with him? We're in Prague. Do you really think you can't find a Bible in Prague? <laughs> I don't know. They were just being care. Well, maybe not in English. Now, to be fair, I do remember a particular episode of uh, Mission Impossible, the show, where they're trying to convince this guy he's somewhere else, and he finally just goes a little nuts and picks up a chair, and on the bottom of the chair is the name of the rental company in Los Angeles that they got it from, and they actually are about to blow their job. And so, like, I, I don't know if this is a callback to that, but it just sort of felt yeah. like, I don't know why this is here. <laughs> that, that, was the, that was really the only other thing I had. Well, then we should get to the Roundup. The Roundup. So, Max. Yes. You saw it when it came out. What did you think when it came out? Well, I thought it was cool when it came out, except I remember when it came out, I found it kind of confusing because there were so many characters and all of this, aha, double and triple crossing, and this whole thing was, a f I, I remember it being a bit confusing. But eventually, you know, you do, eventually you catch up. Because as it goes along, it gets simpler and simpler until it's two guys fighting on a train. Yeah. Well, but, when uh, a helicopter I and like a tunnel to... love each other very, love very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was impressed by it. I mean, it was also... No, 1996. That for that level of action and those stunts were really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, no, wait. No. What do you think about it now? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think it holds up. I think it still works. There are. I can see some of the cracks in it. And again, the tech stuff is a little dated, or a lot dated. <laughs> and uh, the the background nature of most of the women is a little annoying. But uh, yeah, I think it holds up. I think it's pretty good. I don't. I don't think it's spectacular, but uh, I think it was well done. How about you? Did you, you saw it when it came out? What, uh, what I did. did. What did you think? What was your first impression? I'm sure that I actually really liked it. Um, I hadn't developed my um, Tom Cruise allergy or whatever you want to call it at that <laughs> point. Um, and it was fun. It was big. I mean, let's face it. The only real action films we've had like this throughout the years have been Bond films. And while I generally like Bond films, even the really bad ones. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, View to a Kill. Um, <laughs> see our previous entire series on James Bond. Stacy, look out. A blimp. You'd have to wait, you know, two or three years or more for a good, another Bond film to show up. And that stuff's fun. You know, it's, it's not believable, but it's fun. And I remember coming out of this thinking that was a lot of fun. And I didn't, because I hadn't seen Mission Impossible to show in a long while, I didn't get the whole, oh, yeah, this isn't really Mission Impossible. It's just Tom Cruise blowing things up. 
and I was fine with it, and I enjoyed it. Watching it this time, I don't think it ages very well. The tech huh. <laughs> is more yeah, the problem. Well. Max.com, it's not taken. Okay. I, to be fair, maybe in 19... 19- no, it was. It was. I'm sorry. It, if I had a website in 96, somebody had Max.com. They just did. Yeah. Um, the gadgetry was always a little hinky in the show, so I can give them some you know, leeway with that. And I was actually not too bad with the film until the helicopter scene, which might as well have Bugs Bunny on the train and Daffy <laughs> Duck in the helicopter, because it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. It does not work. Um, it is thrilling. It's intriguing. And the idea of the film, of course, spy stuff's always a good bit of fun. I don't think this film holds up that well, but it's harmless. Yeah, you know, it's entertaining. It's, yeah, sure. I remember liking some of the other ones better, although the stunts get just dumber and dumber, honestly. Um, and, it, and that's the sad thing is that they think they have to make them bigger and bigger, and they don't. They just have to be good. You know, yeah. the whole opening sequence of the first Daniel Craig James Bond film is him chasing a parkour expert. There's no tech at all, and everything the guy did, he did. Like, and you can do that. I was like, I just leapt four stories down through a, a, a stairway because I can, and the guy can. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. There's nothing mm. exploding. There's no guns. Real. I mean, there's a little bit of shooting. But it's like, we don't need helicopters in a tunnel. That was exciting. It was thrilling. You don't have to make, you know, you know, Drax or Jaws or, you know, any of that stuff. We don't <laughs> need that stuff. Or so, Necros. Mm, Going to disagree <laughs> vital vital to the plot uh, of that film uh but yeah so that's where we are uh kudos to bringing back an old show that had a cool premise not so kudos for not really sticking to the premise and having some weird helicopter tunnel sex but whatever uh <laughs> remember in german it's called helicopter explosion tunnel but max um well well first we have our, our oh, yes. poll question which was poll question has product placement and if you don't know what product placement is it's where a company pays to have their product whatever it is obviously used in a film so it you can can't miss it and think I want to buy that has product placement ever worked on you have you actually ever bought anything or wanted to buy anything in a film because it was in a film do let us know and you can let us know by emailing mm-hmm. us at us at maxmikemovies.com, which of course implies, and it's true, we have a website, which is maxmikemovies.com. All our previous episodes where you can leave comments, yada, yada, yada. We are on the podcast app of your choice and the podcast app not of your choice, including the <laughs> Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, so on and so forth. And of course, social media, because that's still a thing, although apparently it keeps going up, then down again, then up, then down. Poor old Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Meta. <sighs> anyway, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Please subscribe to our sad little six-person Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We are Max Mike Movies in both places. But Max, mm. we are continuing to Made From TV Love You next week. Yes. How are we doing so? Next week, we are going for another you know, hyper-realistic show that... Uh, sort of faded, but is enjoying a bit of resurgence, but was made into a a, a, a movie back in the fabulous 80s. Oh, we're going way back. Okay. Yes, indeed, with that uh, iconic, subdued, understated character, He-Man! <laughs> we are going to watch Masters of the Universe because they could not get themselves to actually call it the He-Man movie. Which actually, I think there had already been one, an animated one. Uh, wait, uh, you're you don't 
mean the Dolph Lundgren one, do you? I mean the one with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella. And Billy Barty? Billy Barty, Courtney Cox, yep. I don't have the power to watch this film <laughs> again. You do. We totally both have the power. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Thank you, London Symphony Orchestra. (laughs) 